chairs. Staff is ready when you are. Good evening and welcome to the August 21st, 2023 Measure U Committee Community Advisory Committee meeting. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please call the roll to establish a quorum? Thank you, Vice Chair. Um, members, please unmute. Member Rueb? Present. Member Salo? Present. Member Macias? Present. Member Wolf? Present. Member Gores? Present. Member Cooney? Present. Member Riviera? Absent. Member Pro she, she was here. She's here. He's in the restroom. Okay, currently absent. Uh, Member Bird? Here. Uh, Member Pascal? Here. Member Diaz? Here. And Chair Dickinson is absent tonight. Thank you. We have quorum. I would like to remind members of the public and chambers that if you would like to speak on an agenda item, please turn in a speaker slip when the item begins. For members of the public who wish to join virtually, please refer to the agenda for the Zoom link. Once you have joined the meeting and wish to speak, raise your hand to provide public comment when the chair confirms the public comment speaking period for your desired item. If you are online, click on raise hand on the bottom of your screen. If you are on the mobile app, you can raise your hand by tapping raise hand option in the more tab. And if you are calling by telephone, to raise your hand, dial star nine, then to mute or unmute, dial star six. Speakers will be called on by the last four digits of their phone numbers. You will have two minutes to speak once you are called on. After the first speaker, we will no longer accept speaker slips and the raise hand feature in Zoom will be disabled. We will now proceed with today's agenda. And we'll go ahead and begin with the land acknowledgement. If you all please stand. Please rise for the opening acknowledgements in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Patswin Winton peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe, may we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands. By choosing to gather today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. And if you all stay standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. To the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. You can be please seated. Our first business today is approval of the consent calendar. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. I have no speaker slips and no speakers with their hands raised on this item. Thank you. Uh, any members or commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Do I have a motion? Thank you, Member Gorris. And is there a second? Second. Thank you, Commissioner Wolf. Clerk, will you please call the roll for the vote? Thank you, Chair. 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 Thank you,
Thank you, Vice Chair. Members, please unmute. Member Rueb? Yes. Uh, Member Sala? Yes. Member Macias? Yes. Member Wolf? Yes. Member Gorris? Yes. Member Cooney? Yes. Member Riviera? Uh, she's absent. Um, Member Bird? Yes. Member Pascal? Yes. Member Diaz? Yes. And Chair Dickinson is absent. Uh, motion passes. Thank you. We will now proceed to the discussion calendar, beginning with item four. Is there a staff presentation? Thank you. Giving you a brief update on the status of the participatory budgeting implementation grants. Um, so if you recall, a million dollars was allocated through this process. Um, after residents voted on their favorite proposals, nine projects were identified as uh, uh, sort of ready for funding. And that resulted in 17 different grantees who are implementing different aspects of these projects. In other words, several of these projects have multiple grant recipients who are the implementing organizations associated with these projects. Um, as I go through tonight's presentation, there is additional information at cityofsacramento.org pb. If you wanna see um, more detail on the specific projects, I'm gonna be because there's 17, I'm gonna be going fairly quickly and won't necessarily get into a lot of detail. Uh, but if you do have any questions, I'll be happy to answer them when we get to the end. So just kind of a, a refresher on the timeline. Um, in October, November of last year, residents voted um, for these projects that were originally proposed by members of the community. Um, there, it, we do have an evaluation report that kind of describes that process. Um, the focus of tonight's presentation is really on the grants um, that we are distributing to actually implement these projects. So in order to select the implementing organizations, the city released a notice of funding availability in November, or sorry, February of this year. And um, different organizations were able to apply for funding. Uh, we appointed a selection panel, um, half of which were members of the Measure U Committee, and the other half of the selection panel members were proposal delegates who originally worked on these ideas that ended up being voted on. Um, so through that process, um, in April, we ended up with a selection of, of grantees, of the 17, um, who are implementing these projects. They've, uh, since May, been going through a contracting process. Um, I, I think it's, it's kind of obvious, but the city can't just give out funding. Um, there has to be a signed agreement between the organization and the um, city in order to obligate, to create an obligation for the city to actually award those funds. And so different organizations are kind of at different phases of the process. 
Um, we have several different departments who are managing these contracts through their staff. Um, there's various project managers. So sort of a combination between workload in the individual departments, as well as um, some organizations have had like staffing changes and things like that. So everybody's at sort of a different phase, but we do anticipate that most of the grantees, if not all of them, will be under contract by September. So that sort of brings us to project implementation. Um, some organizations have begun implementing their projects as early as last month, uh, or sorry, this month, I should say, um, and other organizations will begin next month. And we're giving a roughly 12-month uh, timeline for most of these projects to conclude. So we're looking at August of 2024. So I'm gonna first kind of review the projects in the north area, and then we'll review the ones in the south area. So in the north area, we had four different projects with 11 different grantees. And so the big difference between the north and the south is the north had a smaller number of, sorry, I should say, a larger number of grantees with smaller dollar amounts for their grant awards versus the south area had a smaller number of grantees with a larger dollar amount. And so you'll kind of see that when we, when we get to um, the specific projects. So um, this first project here, a second chance career opportunity for the youth, there are two organizations, uh, both of which um, we anticipate executing those contracts very soon. The first is I Am Manpower Academy at $100,000 and Play Hard, Play Smart Youth Development also at $100,000. Um, for the neighborhood cleanup grants, uh, three different organizations, each with $20,000 grant awards. Um, all three of these organizations are under contract um, and have some have started um, their projects. So the first is the Del Paso Boulevard Partnership. Um, they have a youth component to their project and so they've already identified those youth and recruited them and they've begun the process of identifying the sites where these uh, cleanup efforts will take place. They actually have a meeting this week with the city to kind of figure out how to do uh, some marketing around raising awareness of the opportunity to take advantage of um, how you get things cleaned up, you know, calling 311, um, working with um, the, the PBID, sorry, the Del Paso Boulevard Partnership is a they're known as a PBID, which is a Property Business Improvement District. Um, Gardenland, neighborhood, uh, Gardenland Northgate Neighborhood Association is also a grantee. They've started planning their cleanup events um, and are likely to have their first event next month. Uh, and then Sunshine's Cleaning, um, they have an advance payment that is sort of uh, being processed right now. So as soon as they receive that payment, they're gonna be able to begin their project. So now we're to the urban agriculture programs and mobile farmers market. This was a single $140,000 grant that was awarded to the Del Paso Heights Growers Alliance. Um, that contract has been executed. They're using a fiscal sponsor and we anticipate getting more information on their activities after their quarterly report is due on October 31st. Next, we have the work and mentoring programs for Northeast Sacramento youth. Um, the Greenhouse received a $12,000 grant. That contract is executed, and we will know more about their activities after October 31st when their quarterly report is due. 
Um, Four-Year Epiphany Foundation received an $18,000 grant. That contract is still um, undergoing its execution process. Campus Life Connection is doing basketball camps, and that contract is pending, uh, soon to be executed. The construction Industry Educational Foundation is doing a sort of construction trades workforce development program. Um, that's been expanded to not only include high school, but middle school youth, and that contract is uh, pending as well. And the last, uh, last grantee under work and mentoring programs for Northeast, Northeast Sacramento Youth is Hmong, and, Hmong Youth and Parents United. That's a $25,000 grant. Um, that contract is soon to be executed. So now moving to the south area where we have five projects being implemented by six different grantees. Uh, the first one, additional literacy support for elementary students. That's with Hope Technologies Sacramento. That's a $100,000 grant. That contract is pending. Um, Josh's Heart, um, they're, they're actually technically finished. They implemented, a, or they held a Sacramento area homeless services event on August 12th at Sac State. Um, they had their first payment dispersed. I assume we're sort of in the process of giving them their last payment um, once they submit all their documents of how they spent the money. And there's um, several reporting requirements. So even though that event has passed, we will soon have more information and data on sort of the outcomes of that event. But you can sort of, for all intents and purposes, consider that uh, project completed. So that was always envisioned to be a one-day, one-time event. The South Sacramento Entrepreneurial and Career Academy is being implemented by Blackwater Consulting. That's a $125,000 grant. Um, that contract is still being worked on, uh, likely to be executed by the end of this month. Um, and that program, uh, as I understand it, um, has some complexity to it. It's, it's fairly ambitious. Um, and so that timeline is likely to be extended potentially beyond the August 2024 um, date that we originally had in mind for most of the projects. But obviously, we want to accommodate that flexibility where we can. Teaching Tech is being implemented by the Sacramento Developer Collective. This is like a video game design and development academy. Um, they're under contract. Their first payment is uh, just waiting on receipt from an invoice. And that project, I guess, was extended to August 31st of next year. Uh, and then lastly, this is the last project. Um, it's a transportation van for underserved and unhoused youth. This is being implemented by two different organizations. Um, so it, each one is purchasing their own van to serve different uh, clientele and youth. Um, so the first is Hope Technologies Sacramento. Um, that contract is just waiting on the final signatures. And then Just Us United is receiving a $50,000 grant um, and that contract is pending. So I know that was a lot. <laughs> um, as part of this update, um, I wasn't sure where you all wanted to go with this, but I, as I did understand it, there was some interest in the committee in sort of revisiting your recommendations to council following approval of the fiscal year 2023-24 budget in which um, council did not um, implement your recommendation to fund another round of participatory budgeting. And so, 
Again, I'm not quite sure where you all want to take this discussion this evening. Um, you, you can also pass on it as well. It's, it's really agendized to give you the opportunity to take action if you want to, or you can sort of wait and hold off. But um, I just wanted to sort of, I know I was out for um, a, a couple months and just based on my observations, wanted to offer a little bit of insight into um, my experience in working with the, the committee members who were involved in developing the, the PB process. And to me, that's really revisiting the, the theory of change that was developed in collaboration with the um, third party evaluation consultant. And so this is what that looked like. Um, what's missing on this, again, this is on cityofsacramento.org slash PB, if you wanna take a look. Um, what's missing above this diagram it, it are all the activities that sort of lead to these outcomes. But you can think of these outcomes as really the goals that the Measure U Committee had intended to achieve in terms of implementing participatory budgeting. And the message I wanna leave you with is um, a lot of the, the feedback and discussion I was hearing was really this interest in what, what's gonna be the outcome of these projects? You know, what are, what are all the cool innovative things that are gonna be achieved? And really, I actually think that the outcome was the process itself. And in a lot of ways, um, it was really the Measure U Committee's interest in delegating that authority to the community to actually propose and select these projects um, was really, that, that was the process. And in a lot of ways, um, there's a lot of similarities to these projects um, that are similar to other projects that the city, city implements. And I, and I don't mean that to take anything away from these projects. They're all great and valuable projects, but as it relates to discussions and recommendations around participatory budgeting, um, you don't necessarily have to wait for these projects to conclude because again, the, the outcome was the process. It was really that, I wanna, I wanna say like 12 month, maybe even 15 month um, process by which um, we worked with our consultants to, uh, and, and folks in the community to come up with these ideas, to get them on a ballot, to um, have the community vote on them. That was really the essence of the process. And so um, there were really three short-term outcomes that I think were achieved as reflected in the evaluation report. The first is that the participants would gain some knowledge about the city's budgeting process. The second was that council members would learn about residents' priorities and concerns. And then the third was that these projects would benefit historically underrepresented communities. I think that last one um, may take a little bit of time to bear out, but I think because the, the geography and the, the limitations around the projects that could be proposed in the first place were already defined to those underserved uh, communities, I, I think it would be hard to um, to have an outcome where that, that goal was not achieved. And so in that sense, again, I, I wanna just reiterate that a lot of um, the outcomes were the process itself and understanding that there is a desire to see how these projects end up. Um, if there is a desire to continue this dialogue with the city council around the process, you know, that opportunity is open and available. So. With that, I'm happy to take any questions um, or just sort of hand the floor off to the committee. As to, this is really your opportunity to kind of discuss your um, 
thoughts around how you want to move forward with your recommendations regarding participatory budgeting. In your packet, you do have the cover letter that um, former committee member uh, Debbie Otto Kent had authored to accompany the evaluation report. I guess the last note I'll say is I know that there's been some discussions around having a workshop with the city council. I have not been involved in those discussions. Um, as I understand, they've sort of been between the chair and committee members and, and city council. And so um, we're really here to facilitate that process as we get direction from city council. Uh, but that's just another thought to keep in mind is if and when this workshop occurs, like what's sort of the, the message that you wanna deliver to the city council. So I'll stop there. Thank you so much for that amazing presentation. I think we're, we're all really excited to see that we have so many groups that are already calendared, they've received their money and they've already started doing the work, which is what our biggest hope was. Um, and I'd like to ask the clerk if there are any members of the public who wish to speak on this item. Thank you, Vice Chair. I have zero speaker slips and one speaker online with their hand raised. The first speaker's name is Colin User One. Yes, my name is Lambert Davis, and as a person who attended many Measure U meetings, mainly by the mayor when he was promoting Measure U, I felt like I knew what Measure U was for. And so I decided to go to every meeting in District 2. Who does that? I do, because I grew up there. I went to four different meetings. It would have been five but the Del Paso Boulevard Partnership, they canceled both of their outreach meetings. I don't think they should have received one penny. They didn't do any outreach. They shouldn't receive any money. That's a conflict of interest. That's really a scandal. And the Robertson Family Center, they did something twice. Shout out to the Mung Community Center and the Robertson Community Center. Those are people that really did outreach because I went to every meeting. As a matter of fact, we own a cheesecake business. In some of those places, they bought and served cheesecakes. Now, I'm going to be commenting a lot tonight on these different situations, but that is a scandal that the uh, PBID received some money and no outreach. That needs to be investigated. Now, as I hear about staff members helping this process along, the staff members were paid to help them along. They didn't volunteer. So there's, that's nothing impressive to be paid, but it looks like they hamstring the process. And there was a, um, a disadvantage to Asians over other races, and when we did our homework, we stumbled upon a group called Asian Resources Incorporated. I'd like to see if Deborah Otto uh, Cook was involved with that, because that's a conflict as well. That group disadvantaged every race except Asians, and that is a scandal. Thank you for and your for, comments. Uh, your time is complete.
Vice Chair, I have no more speakers on this item. Thank you. Are there any commissioners who would like to speak on this item? I see we have a couple in queue. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with uh, Commissioner Sala. That was actually uh, Commissioner Macias who raised his hand. How are you doing? Actually, I had a question. I, just looking at some of the names you presented, are some of these um, organizations, or are some of these for-profit organizations that won um, the contracts? And I'm just wondering if so, was was it one of the, the goals of the of the measure to fund community-based organizations, you know, nonprofits, or was it always the idea that this would also go to, you know, businesses? That is a good question. Um, I can tell you um, one of the things that happens when we draft a solicitation document, like a notice of funding availability, is it's hard to envision every possible circumstance. And so in that document, we did not draw a distinction or make ineligible for-profit organizations. What I can tell you is um, the city would not be able to issue a grant unless the work that was happening and the funds or the activities that were being funded were for, pu for public benefit. So in that sense, it, there, it is conceivable that a for-profit organization um, can conduct its, its profit-making activities but receive a grant to do public benefit activities that, that have some sort of public benefit that, and those activities aren't commingled with their for-profit activities. That's, um, and I, I'm looking at the city attorney because I, I don't know if that, that's definitely not a legal answer, um, but in terms of our grant practices, we definitely err on the side of supporting community-based organizations, but for example, our Office of Innovation Economic Development, when there are uh, projects in which a for-profit organization may uh, create some sort of economic benefit that has a public benefit component to it, that is a, a project that is eligible for grant funding. Um, so short answer is we just didn't have that restriction in, the, in this project. But what, was it a goal? I mean, I wasn't here for the... Um, for the design, was it a goal to fund nonprofits? That's a good question. Um, I, I mean, I will say the term community-based organization is thrown around a lot, and I don't believe there's an explicit exclusion that a community-based organization needs to be um, nonprofit. I think it's fair to say it's implied, um, but yeah, I think that's an open question that maybe it just wasn't foreseen, but I'll defer to, yeah. are there other? And I don't know how to request this, but maybe in the future, if we could get a breakdown of what went to, you know, 501c3s versus sure. you know, um, for-profit businesses. Yeah. Thank you. I, can I just respond? I, there was never discussed in the whole process of when we were talking about um, the projects, whether it was going to be restricted to nonprofits. I mean, it just kind of bubbled up that way, but it was never, re that was not one of the guiding principles or even one of the criteria in which they were evaluated on. Uh, and yeah, before I go to the next person, I'll also add, uh, I was part of the selection group, and I will say that that was definitely something we thought about when selecting, you know, are they a nonprofit? Do they do work in the community? That kept getting re-articulated re, uh, over and over again. Um, 
so you know the goal was definitely to make sure that folks were community-based but ultimately we had what we had in terms of who applied for the funding and we did have a lot of folks apply but i will say that we didn't have a lot of selection when it finally whittled down to who do we actually have to allocate for this money i think there were a couple of times at least one that i think of where we had to reallocate funds because we didn't have folks apply for that pot of money so and I just wanted to quickly add, I think there's only one for-profit organization, one out of the 17. Um, oh, okay. So I, I, it's, not, it's definitely not a majority, for sure. I wasn't sure just from some of the names. And it's not necessarily a critique. I just, have, reading the document, it hadn't occurred to me that this was going potentially to businesses. Got it. And I will say, um, was it the ink? The, the name where the organization has an ink after their name incorporated, because that can also be a public benefit corporation, which is a nonprofit. Yeah, and there was another consulting one that sounded Got it. like a for-profit. Yes, you're right, that, on the entrepreneurial program. So that's a good example where, um, you know, there, there's sort of more of a business component to it, but there is public benefit to it, and so you, you find, like, sort of a mix of nonprofit and for-profit uh, organizations in, the, in that space. Commissioner Wolf. <clears throat> I just want to say thank you to Ash and city staff for the presentation and all the effort you've put into this so far. Uh, I was curious around which one, how many of the organizations have received grants so far? I know the, first, the one, one was done on August 12th, so they've been paid half or a portion of the funds. Um, I was wondering maybe you could add to that a little bit, like who's gotten money and how many still remain to be seen? So there's two parts to the question. One is who's under contract, and then the other is uh, who's received funds and how much have they received. So to answer your first question, seven out of the 17 grantees are under contract, but literally in the next week or so, we expect all of them to be, um, pretty much. So I wouldn't pay too much attention to that. I think there's a broader question here, which is around, of those who are under contract, how many have received uh, payment to do the work? Um, as someone who works a lot on city grants and tries to balance the competing priorities of the needs of the community and the needs of the organization, which with like sort of accountability and, and financial management and things, that aspect of it, um, there's an ongoing debate and discussion in the city about how much, how much, how often should we be providing advance payments versus reimbursement payments. So we are always much more comfortable with providing reimbursement payments where the grantee incurs the cost, they pay out of pocket, they submit their receipts, we then, give, we then reimburse them for the cost that they actually incurred. Um, an advance payment would be sort of an upfront payment. It's a little bit riskier, and there have unfortunately been examples where um, we've gotten into trouble going down that road where um, we provide the money up front and the grantee doesn't necessarily do the, the work that, um, that they'd committed to doing. And so that, that's just a natural tension that um, we have to balance. So the... Really the way we try to approach this though is if the organization can demonstrate uh, that they're unable to implement the project without an upfront or advance payment, we will really try to accommodate that as best as we can. Thank you.
Member Gores. Thank you, Mr. Vice Chair. Uh, first of all, I want to mirror Commissioners Wolf's uh, thank yous to Ash and City staff for your work. And Ash, welcome back. We hope you're getting a lot of sleep, uh, being a new parent. So <laughs> um, my question is, um, with some of these um, contracts that are pending, will we get an update when everything is all worked out and it's in effect? Yes, um, we can continue to provide updates to the committee, maybe a, a shorter presentation or I would sort of defer to the committee in terms of, you know, what what your needs are. Like, do you, we can email you updates or we can have a standing item on the agenda. So we can be flexible on that. Absolutely. I mean, especially that it's kind of a new thing and we're excited about it and we want to kind of see if we can grow this and make it bigger. So thank you. Sure. The one other point I'll make, though, is... Um, a lot of times, all the data that we're really interested in seeing, like how well these projects performed, doesn't come until like three months after the project ends. And so in this case, if you take that um, August 2024 um, date, we'd be looking at November of 2024 before we really have good data on like these were the outcomes. This is how many people were served. This is the demographic breakdown. Um, these are the impacts that occurred in the community. So um, that's just a, a message that I'll continue to, to remind the committee of as we do provide these updates because there may be a period of time where there isn't a lot to update the committee on, but certainly we can provide you as much uh, information as we have. So with that, can we um, set maybe a date, like maybe in the future we can agendize and speak about it, about some of the impact of some of these grants and the contracts? Absolutely, we can add that to your agenda log and even when you discuss your work plan, um, you could do it then. When your work plan has um, future meeting dates and you can pick a date if you want. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And moving on to Commissioner Diaz. Yeah, thank you, and thank you, Ash, again, for the presentation. Uh, I think uh, the two previous commissioners really hit on a lot of what I was thinking in terms of it was great to hear about the progress that's been made, understanding that folks will be under contract over the coming week or so, hopefully all 17. And it sounds like we're going to get a quarterly report in late October. Um, and so perhaps after that, there may be a chance for another quick update. And if it's not substantial enough for a full presentation, an email one might be perfectly fine. I think... Part of the enthusiasm we see here uh, in the committee is this is one of our biggest projects as a commission, and we also know that with that you know, first set of money, I mean a million dollars, comes the need on our end to ensure that it's being spent uh, in a way that's most effective for the city of Sacramento. So I think we're just excited to see the project, but we'll be patient as we know they'll be concluding essentially a year from now, really. Um, but in the meantime, when we're focused on the work, I said a couple of questions for you of ways maybe we can be helpful in supporting the work itself on the ground. Can I ask, it sounds like the one project that's been completed was the homeless services event, the one day through Josh's heart. And I'm sure there was, but just for the clarity of us and anyone watching interested in how we expended the funding here, was there any promotion around the event? How did we get the word out, just so we're all aware? and. Uh, maybe next time I can keep track as well because we have a lot of resources with our council members and our own communities. Maybe we can help uh, promote these things too. Yes, thank you for that question. Um, so that contract is being managed by our Department of Community Response, and I would have to circle back with them to get you a, a clear answer. So unfortunately, I don't have an answer for you right now. Uh, presumably, um, they 
understand uh, sort of target audiences who that um, message would appeal to and who would be interested in that event. But I'll, I'll look into it, see if I can get some more information. Totally, absolutely. And, and sorry for just adding more on your to-do list, but just, just curious how we can do, get the most out of this. Um, a couple other questions, and, and then I Dion Arend. Um, I'm curious, and you know, maybe this is something we'll do over time. As these contracts are executed, I wonder if the original participatory budget pilot participants who helped form around these grants and went through this really arduous process to ensure that we did this in the right way and was equity-facing, um, are they notified that these projects are up and running? I imagine some of them would be super curious and interested in seeing the execution itself, like on the day of or, or on a cleanup day if those occur. Yes, um, we have not notified them. I think this was really the first effort since I returned mm -hmm. um, to the office and um, got a status update from all the different project managers. I think there is a lot of opportunity here to kind of figure out how we better coordinate and um, distribute messaging around these projects. Um, so that's something we can definitely explore. Totally. And then uh, an idea on our end rather than just suggestions for the city staff to do more and more work on these, although it is very much appreciated. Um, I think one of the key pillars you mentioned in your presentation was the resident engagement with government, right? We're wanting to build trust with them, show them we can do with this money and these funds. And so if we can try to connect now these projects that are going to be executed and these contracts to work itself and promote it within the community, perhaps with the original uh, pilot participants, but more broadly just the city in general. If we took a million dollars of taxpayer money, we're expending on these resources. Here's how the event went. Here's how the cleanup went. Uh, here's the new mobile farmer's market whenever that occurs. Uh, that would be, I think, so beneficial to the overall goal of the effort in ensuring that the community knows that we're doing this right, not doing it in silence. And I know the city staff is working really hard at that. And so I would offer up myself and perhaps some of our subcommittees as an area where if you give us the details that this is coming up this weekend or on a Tuesday or whatever, we can help push it and promote it and show the city out there what we're doing with our, you know, Measure U committee, what we're doing with this, with this money, and, you know, try and really show that proof of concept on the ground to the council, of course, but to the people who really matter and then lastly, you know, we didn't get the second round of funding that we wanted from the council, and, and I understand that. They wanted to see how we would finish executing this first one. And so the more we can show them what's occurred through the year leading up to August, get them excited about what those results would be, you know, I think it's said three months after August, uh, I think we may be successful in our next effort to get funding for a second round of the pilot, hopefully more too. So I think that's a lot of uh, sort of my motivation uh, and ensuring that we get these updates, and we'll try not to ask for an update every two seconds from you. I know we're waiting for them to get the work done, but hopefully we can push on the messaging. We'll build that connection from the idea to the execution to the resident engagement and build that trust pipeline with government that we really need right now. So thank you for that. I'm excited about it. And anyway, we can help in promotion and educating folks about our effort. I am very happy to do so. Commissioner Sala. Okay. Thank you. And um, Commissioner Diaz, you, you stole my thunder. Um, I, I was to say exactly that, that um, it's been some time since the community engaged in this process and spent time giving their ideas, then voting on it, and then you had a selection process. And I think it's of critical importance that they understand that their efforts resulted in something. And 
I'm not sure the process to do that, but 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 maybe through the community organizations that did the outreach, that they be the ones to bring, because they I'm sure they kept track of who attended their outreach or where they went for their outreach, that they be the ones to communicate. You know, these were all the ideas that that came forth, and of those, these are the ones that were funded, and this is what is being funded, and it's a result of your participation, I think would be very, very valuable, and that's the piece of building the trust. Like, oh yeah, it did, it did make a difference that I participated, and it resulted in something. And, um, and it could also be the, through the newsletters, each council member has a newsletter and so where these projects, where, um, so it was north, so in north, um, there was two prominent uh, council members that were involved with the north, and that would, that was at that time um, Councilman Harris, but now you have Councilwoman Talamantes and Council Member um, Lololi and et cetera, and that they could promote this through their newsletter to saying, you know, and describing the process, how many ideas were generated, because I think that's really important. And of that, what were the categories and then what was ultimately funded? Um, and that being said, when um, Chair Dickinson presented to the city council asking for the monies to continue this project, uh, what was... Um, the response was, is we're not ready yet because we want to see the outcome. But there was a commitment, uh, and there was a commitment to to look at this for the mid-year budget review cycle. So that's coming around really quick. Um, and we need to have, we need to be able to go back to city council and say, let me back up. So that was the commitment that the mayor said that he was willing to take a look at it during the mid-year budget review process. But he also, we recommended and he suggested a workshop, or we suggested the workshop, I don't know, a workshop where maybe you're not going to have the outcomes because I agree, you know, collecting the data is going to take a whole year. We're going to miss this little window. But you can have what we've already seen um, how many people participated? How many ideas were generated? Of those, these were the ideas that um, were voted on, and these are the ones that received um, the the grants. But your presentation is is a brushstroke. It would be really good at the workshop with the whether it's at the city council is to highlight what these each one of these grants are targeting what's the goal and what the target is. So they see for $20,000 or $100,000, this is what these um, grantees are going to do to try and make a difference in that very specific community that's in, in, in desperate need. Um, and then say, that's why we would like another million dollars to start this process again. He, Likewise, the mayor said, and he said it several times, that he really wants to see this replace the current budgetary process. 
and have it be participatory budgeting. I laugh because that's way down the road, but we can start, you know, brick by brick. And, and you know, one million, it's not wet, it's not enough, but, but it, it's, it's doing it again and starting this process and engaging with the, the community and the community being able to come up with some, there were some creative ideas and creative recommendations that it's worth um, hearing about. And I, I guarantee you, m most of the council members are not aware of the creativity that came out of this whole process with the community. Um, so I, I would like to, and, and what I remember saying, maybe we could do it in September. And, you know, September's already here, so maybe that's not possible. But the sooner we can get this in front of the city council and show that we don't have the out, we don't have the data to show the outcome that, oh, yes, you know, 100 of these um, underserved youth learned how to... Um, what, what is it, make, what is it, boarding, whatever, technology. Um, we don't have that, but I can tell you the city's not very good at being able to provide us with data. So, so we can get a pass if we can't give them exact data, but we can show them what the community said they wanted, because that's part of your outcomes, what the community said they wanted, and that was some of those ideas were definitely outside of the box, and, um, and it's worth funding it again because mid-year budget review is going to start in a couple of months, right, Ash? Kind of? Maybe? Something? So that's um, that. Yeah, that's it. Those are my comments. Commissioner Pascal. Thank you. Um, uh, I was going to echo the comments uh, from the um, my colleagues here about you know the need to show the the progress to the council and the public. But um, just a quick question on the um, I noticed a, a, one of the projects you mentioned was like buying a, a van for services, different things. I was just curious, what happens to those? that property at the end of the year? Does that organization keep it? I mean, it's great if that's a, something sustainable. I was just kind of curious how that works from a contracting perspective. I would need to look at those individual contracts, but it's uh, I, I've dealt with that detail in the past, and usually there is some provision that says you have to keep using the van for this purpose after the contract's expired, uh, you can't sell it for sooner than five years or something like that, uh, but I'd have to get back to you on that specific um, project. And I recognize Commissioner Riviera. Thank you. Asha, sorry I missed your report, but I did read the report that was submitted in our packets. So I first agree with uh, Commissioner Salas that we should have identified, I think, we should have had identified each council district and what projects 
were listed in their council district. I didn't see that in the report. The reason is, is so my council person will know these are the projects that were near districts, in, in the district. The second thing I wanted to ask, I didn't see a checklist of what you'll be, what we are uh, supposed to be looking for in the accomplishments of the grant. Like you have to have five people there, whatever. We, I didn't see any checklist. And target goals, and what and what the target goals are for. I mean, if we could get something like that, I would appreciate it. But thank you and congratulations on your new baby. Thank you. Um, yeah, I can. We actually do have those details in each individual contract. I did not yet have a chance to dive deep into those and to lift that information out. Um, but we could provide that in the next update. And then as it relates to the council districts, in the north area, you're pretty much looking at all, all most or all the projects um, impact District 2, uh, Council Member Sean Lowy, and then a small portion of the projects um, would be in Council Member Talamantes's uh, district. In the south area, you're primarily looking at Council Member Mai Vang, as well as uh, Council Member Guerra. Um, but I, I understand if we provide <laughs> which projects are in which district, that would be a little more helpful. For the other districts, were they not eligible to apply or there's no one that submitted a request to apply? Correct. They were not eligible to apply. Um, early on in the process, the Measure U committee defined um, geographic areas where they wanted um, to target the services and the, and the projects. And so... Those geographic boundaries were based on different um, data around public health and poverty and things like that. And so um, they really tried to place these projects in the areas with the greatest need. Thank you, Ash. Uh, and I would say I really appreciate, Ash, when you lifted up the fact that one of the biggest outcomes of this project is just the process of reaching out to community members, having sort of this tiered system where you have the first group of panelists who just solicit feedback on projects, and then you have a second group who comes in and chooses which of those projects um, align with our goals and should be selected. Uh, and we already have the data for that. We have a whole report that went along with that. And I think that when we're talking about participatory budgeting, that's what we should hone in um, aligning with the mayor's comments on this issue, which he has spoken about several times, he'd like to see this expanded throughout the budget. And what that means is that we don't have to focus on what outcomes we have for this time for those projects. Uh, while they're great, and I'm certain everyone's going to get uh, help and they're going to serve our community, you know, we're looking at the whole budget and this process that we've created and really pioneered in California. And I think that when we go and do our outreach leading into January, leading into next year, that's what we should focus on. Is, look, we have a tried and true project. We've had some issues, we worked them out, we've figured out ways of doing this better, and we'd like to do it again. You know, whether that's a million, five million, 10 million, the entire budget, that's a second question. The first question is, if you believe in participatory budgeting, fund us. And with a million dollars, this is what we've already been able to do, and that's including, you know, getting folks involved in the process, getting community out funding to do the work. Um, so I just wanted to keep that top of mind as we move forward. Oh. Say that I want uh, thank you. I'm you. Yeah. Commissioner Rivera. One of these days I'll get it right. 
So what I did want to say is that I was very disappointed on the outreach for the, this last uh, participatory budget. And I do hope that we look forward in getting some more of the outreach in the communities. I mean, I can't stress to you how disappointed I was. Just making it out there. Thank you. Any other commissioners who would like to speak on this item? Perfect. Is there a motion? And this is to send this to council. Sorry, go ahead. You, um, do not need to make a motion on this item. It's there if you want to take action. Okay. So um, I personally haven't heard any, like, and really action in terms of concrete recommendations to city council. And so if you all don't have those at this time, you can just sort of receive the item and, and move on and, and be done with it. Okay. <laughs> but, but if you do, if you all want to start talking about recommendations and how to um, deliver those to council, please, that, that's, uh, the staff recommendation is there to give you that opportunity so you can take that action if you want to, but you don't have to. Okay, we have a couple commissioners uh, in queue. Commissioner Sala. Yes, and I, I don't know how to form this, but I would like this to go to council and do a formal presentation of the report, the process, the report, and what we have now, and be able to share the the different projects that this process is funding in detail, so they understand uh, what these projects are and whether I know city council. I mean, you can't do it; you won't, you don't get enough time. But maybe it should be in a workshop for three hours, two hours, three hours, and invite the community to participate and attend. So I don't know how I put that in a motion, but that would be my action item. And then Commissioner Pashal. Um, uh, similarly, I mean, I think, um, Ash, when you were gone, there was the dis discussion with the, um, the council and the, the budget committee, and the mayor invited us, I believe, to have a workshop as part of this um, process of potentially being um, considered for funding mid-cycle. And so it feels like whether it's using this report as the vehicle for that or initiating some contact with the council about following up on that, um, it seems like we need to get that in process. And I think the mayor, if I'm not mistaken, actually mentioned like a date in September um, to have that conversation. So maybe um, the chair uh, knows more about that. But maybe we can bridge these two things with this report as well as the invitation from the mayor. Yeah, I don't have a concrete date on the uh, workshop, but I do recall the conversation and that conversation's happening. Um, I will say in lieu of a motion, um, if you'd still like to make it, that's fine. But this also could be something that we pivot to our subcommittee uh, and maybe add that into the work plan there so that we could have thoughtful recommendations based on the projects we have now. Um, we could even morph that into a formal presentation with some of those other metrics and send all of that together to the council and present it with it or present this item to them. Is our subcommittee up and running? Is it? So we do have a subcommittee. It was approved. Um, what we need now is a work plan. 
and essentially to walk through what dates would we like to meet, um, what are we gonna do in those dates. It has to be televised, meaning similar to, to this format. Um, and then we would work with Mindy to find those dates. So we are in limbo, but we can submit a request with those dates. And, but we do need a work plan before we can do that. So this would be a good item to add to that work plan. Yeah. Oh, before we can do work, we have to submit a work plan. And yes. in the work plan, we're gonna have our annual report. We'll have our focus groups. We'll have participatory budgeting in that. And then that gets submitted, it gets approved, and then we can move forward. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yes. We just need items to discuss and then work on those dates when they're available. And I'll provide a little more clarity here. It may not be super helpful, but in general, what we're, the city isn't prepared to do at this point is to just offer kind of a, a regularly scheduled monthly meeting of the subcommittee. What uh, the city clerk would like to see is based on the work plan and kind of the need to have those meetings that then a schedule would come about that doesn't necessarily need to be uh, once every month. It could be, you know, as the budget season uh, rolls around, maybe you're meeting two or three times in a month or in a, over the course of a couple of months. It and so that's really where the discussion around the work plan would drive that request um, for those subcommittee meetings. But yeah, at this point, because of the staffing, and then even your all's, all of your availability, um, the availability of the city facilities like the chamber, the city attorney, the city clerk, all these things, we just wanna make sure that we have enough capacity to support these meetings. Oh, um, I don't, just thinking, and I'm not sure when is the, does this revised, um, or the mid-year budget revision happen? Typically, that is in the month of February. Okay, um, so some, some it's never too early to start <laughs> your work to develop recommendations and priorities to begin those conversations with the city council members so then as that mid-year budget is being developed, um, they've considered your feedback and it's potential consideration or incorporation into that document, the mid-year budget document. And then I don't know the best way of doing this. Nikki, maybe you have thoughts, but just thinking, you know, at this stage with that contracts are happening and maybe good work is happening out there, if there's, I don't, if there's any like earned, earned media to get or something of sharing this with reporters about the positive things that are coming out of this process, like, hey, by the way, this thing, is happening now or you know all the work that went into this and the community input and now these things are happening in community I wonder if there's anyone who we might share that with who might write about it and bring some attention to it if it's newsworthy enough yeah I think we should definitely should be publicizing some of these events I guess, sorry, one thing I'll jump in here. There's been a little bit of a loss of kind of the institutional memory of how participatory budgeting was really, how it came about and sort of how it's being continued. Um, the city has always seen it as a project of the Measure U Committee. And so we've really delegated to you all, in not just in terms of making the decisions, but to really drive the process itself. And so 
that is an example where we would just defer to you all and say, please go ahead and contact um, Capital Public Radio or whoever it is that, that you were interested in contacting to get media coverage. But to get the media coverage, what I have found in my outreach is I need to have a, give them something. I need to give them a script. I need to give them some, some either um, programs, uh, all that. Do we have that available to pass on to the media? We don't have anything prepared at this point, but we can provide something for sure. Okay. Recognize Member Saw. Yes, so I'm still a little confused. I, I don't personally, I, I want to get moving on this workshop and not wait until, because by the time we develop our work plan and we get it approved, and then we start working on this, and then December, that we don't meet in December. So we're already, and this is September, October, November, that's three months. So I, I and I'm, I'm confused, are we limited by move, making recommendations to the city council saying we wanna see a workshop as an overview of this whole process, what we learned, what 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 are um, the good that came out of this and the projects that came out of this and educating, inviting the media. Um, I did, by the way, I did see on the media Joshua's. Um, it was it was on Channel Three and and it caught my eye and and I saw Channel Three covered it. So, um, but they didn't they didn't make the connection to. This was part of participatory budgeting. They just talked about what happened at Sac State. Um, and I would rather do that sooner than later and not wait for work plans. So are we limited by, by recommendations unless it's in the work plan? Yeah. The work plan is more for us to meet as a subcommittee. Um, that's sort of the requirement for that. Um, but we could, you know, still come up with those recommendations. We couldn't have a quorum. We couldn't meet, you know, officially here. Um, yeah, so, but for the subcommittee that we have, the policy and budget subcommittee, we need the work plan to schedule those meetings and have that going. And that's just another venue for us to work on it and brainstorm and have you know, sort of collective thought into the documents. So do you, do you need a motion for, for the subcommittee to start working on the work plan as soon as possible? Um, I know we have the work plan itself as a discussion item, discussion item six. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I'm not sure if we would have to motion work for them to do, or we would just submit the work plan to Mindy, and then when we met, we would have an agenda of items that we already submitted. Yeah, as I understand it, once the work plan is completed, it would sort of estimate your overall workload and the distribution across a calendar year. Um, and at that point, I think Mindy's open to meeting with the chair and the vice chair to kind of figure out what, what would help support, what would be the right meeting schedule to help support the implementation of that work plan. Any other comments from commissioners? Okay, perfect, and we will just receive and file that one. 
Um, and now let's go ahead and move on to item five. Clerk, do we have members of the public who'd like to speak on this? Thank you, Vice Chair. Um, I have no speaker slips and one speaker online with their hands raised. The first speaker is Colin User One. Yes, this is Lambert Davis again. And even though there's not a report here, I study the reports. I'm a big advocate for studying reports just in case they don't do a report. And there's many things that are wrong with the participatory budgeting process. First of all, I don't agree that it's a pilot. It's a budget. You learn budgets in your own house, in, in college, and, and it should not be that complicated when it's only a million dollars. I cannot emphasize that enough. When you're talking about a budget with City Hall, some of the P-bids get over a million dollars. That's why I was against Del Paso Boulevard receiving one penny because they didn't do any outreach. And shout out to the commissioner who said they did a, that there was terrible outreach. That's true because I went to all of the meetings in District 2. And when I went there, I submitted paperwork at each one, the same paperwork. And my paperwork was lost. It wasn't lost. It was not submitted. And that's how we caught you. And Mr. Ragani, after a commissioner, said, well, what do we do about Mr. Davis's situation? He said, we'll do better next time. Well, if there's no participatory budgeting next time, then you pulled it off. I think some people should be brought up on charges and put in prison because I was able to monitor what you did, and you should be put in prison for that. That is not your money, and the staff is not your money. It's our taxpayer money. That's Measure U. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Um, Vice Chair, I have no more speakers with their hands raised. Thank you. And turning to commissioners, uh, feel free to mark if you're interested in speaking on this item. Recognize Commissioner Sala? Yes, so this, um, we're talking about the um, fiscal year annual report. And um, so again, I, I, I read what, what we submitted. We, thank you, Ash, for attaching that for us to remember and recall what was submitted. Um, in prior years, so that was helpful. But now we're using a different format, a recommended different format. So 
how, I, I, I'm not sure, are we expected to get into the weeds on this right now, or is that gonna happen with our subcommittee after we do our work plan? Um, I can just quickly say, on whether it's a subcommittee meeting or this meeting, it's gonna be the same type of format, you know, um, so I would really just defer to the committee as to when it wants to um, discuss the report. Um, as to the format, um, the Personnel and Public Employees Committee earlier this year kind of went through a process to try and, I mean, actually over the last uh, year or so has been on a process to kind of standardize the implementation of boards and commissions citywide. And so as part of that um, was the development of a template um, that would apply to all city boards and commissions. Um, with that said, the, the actual content is relatively the same. Um, and I would even say um, your, the committee's past reports haven't necessarily, the previous annual reports haven't necessarily included all of the required items um, that are in the resolution that established the Measure U Committee. And so that, that's actually the biggest reason why the format is a little bit different. Um, but really, in, in the big picture, it's, it's the same general idea, which is like, how did the city spend the Measure U funds? Like, what did you think of it? Sorry, I'm using very casual language here. Um, and like, what are your priorities and recommendations for, for future spending? Um, I don't know if that helps, but it, in general, the, even though the format is changed, it's more of just like a template. The substance of the report is mostly the same. So one of the things that I think I worked on it last year is that we, we asked for data to see like what, to do a comparison between what we recommended and where the money actually went and, we, and it was kind of hard. And I think in our recommendation we said, we need something that clearly tells us, yes, you recommended 14 million for this and only 12 million was funded and being able to make a determination as to where it went and they didn't, we couldn't get that. So this time for us to be able to look at that in our annual report, will we have that kind of data? And if, and if it's available, then it definitely, we can't do that today. We can't do that crosswalk. So that's for you, do, do you, because I, I remember that was one of our recommendations last year. I don't know if... I, um, I will, I'm just, I'm going through right now. I, because I believe, I mean, the information is technically, it's in the report. I'll acknowledge the report is 67 pages. You received it five days ago. So, you know, whether or not in the course of five days, it's, it's easy to digest and kind of pull together that comparison. Um, I can see the challenge there. Um, Say that because there was there was some things I, I I I did my best to read it, not like with a fine tooth comb, but to read it. And there were things 
that I didn't see that I remember we, we spoke about in our recommendations for funding, like specific attention to specific things, like for Native Americans and for Hmong youth. And, and I can't tell if any of the money went to, I, and I'm just, I'm just shouting out a couple that I, I remember us putting in our recommendations, like highlighting specific areas. And so I can't tell if, oh yes, some money went to those programs that Measure U said pay attention to. Recognizing Commissioner Diaz. Yeah, thank you. Um, Ash, I just had a couple of clarifying questions here on this particular item. So I see the draft template here. I was looking that over and reviewing for the committee. So we have to assign one of us to submit a report back to the council uh, or to the budget and audit committee for consideration using this template. Is that the ask here? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Well, looking at the template itself, it doesn't seem that difficult to follow. But as uh, you know, Commissioner Saul has pointed out, I think the comparison is, you know, we'll just have to dive into these uh, 67 pages of, of work and start doing that ourselves. Um, is there, and obviously this template's provided to us, so we follow it, submit it. Is there a due date? When do we need to do this by? There is not a due date mm -hmm. that I'm aware of. I will remind the committee that there's a retrospective um, analysis here, and that is for the fiscal year that ended on June 30th of 2022. So we are about mm -hmm. 13 or 14 months beyond the budget year for which this um, analysis would apply. And so the, the further we get away from that, the less yeah. and less uh, I don't want to say irrelevant, but, you know, as time moves on, you know, the, I think the current spending becomes more um, of interest to the committee and sort of the historical spending becomes less of interest. Um, the one attachment, I, I do want to make sure you see it, is um, in, the, in the first page of the staff report, in sort of the middle section where it says attachments, um, attachment number four, which is... A memo attachment number one, the final measure U budget, that pretty much has every single program that's funded with measure U or was funded with measure U in that budget year. Um, I, I want to say everything is there. I, I understand it. It's all that also is a long document, but um, I, I think the challenge for staff is we don't necessarily want to be in a position where we're trying to interpret where your recommendations fit into what was actually spent. Mm -hmm. I think that's an activity that we would feel more comfortable with the committee, uh, with committee members performing it itself. And so, um, you know, in terms of dividing up work, you know, that's what you, you I guess one potential opportunity would be to kind of <clears throat> assign different areas of the budget to different committee members so that it's not a single member who's assigned to the entire thing. And then maybe in your next meeting, um, those committee members could sort of report back on what their comparison was between what the committee recommended and what was actually spent. So 
you're just sort of uh, breaking down um, that, that task as well as other sections of the report. So just to kind of remind you, um, there's four components. One is a review of transactions and use tax revenues. So the revenues, those have all been audited in one of the attachments. Um, there, I, I don't know how much the committee needs to, or is interested in providing an opinion on that, but you can sort of check that box, you know, review of, of however, however much the total measure U revenues were. Number two is recommendations on how to allocate resources to support inclusive economic development. Um, so somebody could be in charge of that. Number three, advice to council on priorities. Mm -hmm. I think that is the area that I was just referring to where you might want to divvy up the different sections of the budget. So um, I don't have the categories off the top of my head, but affordable housing, um, arts, creative edge, those would be like the categories that you could divvy up. And then the last section is uh, the review of performance measures and evaluation of city expenditures, which could also fit into that as well. That's super helpful, thank you. So this is something we, we have to or want to do, as it's our duty to provide transparency and accountability to these expenditures. And every month we wait, we're just getting farther and farther away from us, want to look at the next year's set of activities, which we gave recommendations on, I believe, a little earlier this year. Um, I would be interested, I mean, we have a budget subcommittee. Uh, saying we have to talk later about the work agenda if you want them to do any work. I mean, that's a subset of folks in this committee that could probably put their brains together, knock out this report, uh, show it back to the committee and say, like, are we comfortable with this comparison of how the money is expended and if it met our needs as a committee? Understanding some of us were not here for the 21-22 expenditures, but we can't opine on them uh, now in retrospect. I think that would that would be my initial suggestions, but very, I just want to hear from everyone else as to how we could accomplish this task in providing a bit of review for the citizens of Sacramento and you know, accomplish this in a timely fashion so it doesn't drag out uh, any later. I think we have a lot of able-bodied folks here who can probably do this, and the subcommittee might be a good place to start if we can head that way in, in terms of workload. And I'm on the subcommittee too, by the way, so I would be doing some of that work myself. And then recognizing Commissioner Sala or Commissioner Macias. Yeah. I mean, I understand the need to get this done, but it seems like maybe we should, um, yeah. I like the idea of knocking it out and getting it done, but you know, most of us weren't here for making those recommendations. Some of the city council wasn't even, you know, the ones who passed this budget. And so I just think it's in terms of how much work and time goes into it. I'd rather us focus on forward-looking stuff and, um, you know, I, I do think, you know, for transparency and getting this out, we should do that as quickly as possible, but um, I hope we don't use too much of our capacity on, on something that's, at this point, seems a bit limited and we just don't seem, not all of us are that qualified to, to speak to what the previous members, how they feel about how, these, how the spending met their recommendations. Commissioner Wolf. 
I mean, hypothetically, I mean, I enjoy doing retroactive research on work that I wasn't even involved in to begin with. Um, <laughs> but I'm just curious, is there like a records act that requires this document to be completed at some point, whether it be now or 10 years from now? <laughs> I would have to get back to you on that. I will say there is an important document that your annual report or that is attached to your annual report, and that is the independent audit. Um, so we bring in an outside accounting firm. They look at the books and make sure that the city spent the Measure U dollars on what we said um, that we spent it on and that those expenditures are consistent with the language in the ballot measure. And so from a legal standpoint, I, I would sort of suggest, although I don't have a lot of confidence in it, that that... That's probably like the most important thing and as it relates to kind of the interaction between the Measure U Committee and the City Council. Um, I, I think we'd have to get back to you. I mean, I, I guess what I'm hearing is it would be helpful for us to have some sort of um, due date. Um, in, in I mean, so. On some level, isn't the, the first bump in the road the council and mayor, right? Or does this, does, are we the, uh, the final backstop to making sure this gets completed? Because wouldn't they have approved these decisions and they would have had to have been compliant with that to begin with? Well, I'll, so the third-party independent accounting firm, they've done their work and that is, that's just done. Um, really, it's, I, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to, <laughs> I don't know if the city attorney or anybody else has thoughts on this, but um, as it relates to kind of the, the function of the Measure U Committee, it's to really give advice to the city council on what the community's priorities are and how they should be spending uh, Measure U funds. But beyond that, there's no hard requirement, obviously, that the city council does exactly what your advice is or that you even provide that advice in the first place. Um, I don't know if... And that's, that's perfect. <laughs> I, I might be digging a hole here. <laughs> and yeah, and I'm with Member Diaz. Yeah, obviously, we'll refer this to the Budget Committee and de delegate the work and do it to the quickest of our ability. Yeah, so I, I would only add that it's, it's an advisory committee. It's non-binding, so it, anything you provide, the council will consider and, and adopt as they see the need um, to do so. Um, but to um, the previous points that, you know, it is, this is somewhat backward looking. So, uh, you know, the longer you push it out into the future, maybe the less, the less to hard the council might take that advice though, you know, that's not really a legal question. That's just maybe more of a practical, but. I guess the one other thing I'll add is, um, yes, a lot of the report is retrospective, but as it relates to the part about establishing priorities, those priorities you could use to inform your future recommendations. So um, as you submit this report retrospectively, you're reviewing past expenditures, you're also saying these are the priorities of the community and you can sort of develop future budget recommendations based on those priorities even though they're in a report that is mostly uh, retrospective. Jacob Bredberg, City Clerk's Office. I will say, uh, per uh, the um, pardon me, per the creating authority uh, resolution, 
2018-0393. The powers and duties of the committee are to provide recommendations through the publication of an annual report uh, that will be available on the city's website and presented to city council. So putting that out there. Thank you, and I recognize Member Riviera. Thank you. Ash, you mentioned something about an independent audit has already been done. Is there a reason that we didn't, uh, or if you could explain to me why um, the city auditor's office was not used? I am not an expert in this area. It is really a finance and accounting um, issue, but I believe it, it's just generally a best practice to have an outside uh, entity do it because of their independence. And it is true that the city auditor is a charter officer um, who is independent of the city manager. Um, but I think it, it may just be an area of specialization in terms of the specific accounting practices as opposed to general audits. Um, so I don't have a super clear answer there, but I just know it, it is a standard accounting practice that you would have an outside entity come in to, to look at the city's books. Now, is that for all the commissions that have to do with money, or is it just measure you? That's a good question. I'm trying to think of other boards and commissions. Uh, I know that there's a new one, or there will be a new one for Measure L, um, and they may actually look at what Measure U has done to sort of model how they structure that committee. Um, I cannot think of, um, a lot of the other um, boards and commissions are very specific around areas of practices. So for example, the police commission looks at policies and practices of the police department. They don't necessarily look at the, the budget of the police department. I, I got that one. So, but to answer the question for the independent annual audit, it's a requirement of the code that it be an independent auditor. And so the city auditor is not an independent auditor. Well, it, yeah, they, they work for the city. Hmm. Interesting. Thank you. Thank you. And recognizing Member Sala. Um, I, I, I agree that the sooner we can get this annual report done, the better. And um, when I first, last year, I, I worked on it, I thought, oh my gosh, this isn't a year and a half and we're going backwards. And I thought it was busy work. And, um, but that being said, it was really helpful to go back and look and see what was we made a recommendation and where, what happened to our recommendations. And that, that's a good thing for us to know and pay attention to. Um, and, then, and then you use that for making, we, it was a guide for us making our recommendations for the coming year. Even though I, I do feel that, that I'm not sure how much the city council pays attention to that, but for us, and for me, it was very valuable, and it's it an important process. That being said, when we did it, it didn't take a lot. I mean, the main thing was we realized we don't have the data we need, and so we put that in our re 
report, but hopefully we can make some judgment. It won't take a lot, and, and maybe one person can make a draft, just like um, Commissioner um, Otto Kent did with uh, her letter on participatory budgeting, draft something up, come up with, with a draft, and then be able to send it um, present it to the next meeting instead of it doing through a, a formal subcommittee. I'm just concerned that it, it, for our subcommittee to meet, it's, it's going to take a lot to get the scheduling all done, and it may not happen until could be um, middle of end of September, something like that. And then now we're looking, and, we, and once that's done, it needs to come back here, discussed and approved. So now you're talking October. That's my only concern, but I don't know with this new, this is so great, it's such a gray area for me, so I'm not sure if that's even possible. Commissioner Diaz? Uh, that's an important point about timing. Ash and Chair Cooney, can I, is that accurate? Like if we wanted to put this as subcommittee to draft up, now that we know from the city clerk that we do need to do this on an annual basis, would it take us that long to get the subcommittee to meet on this? I think so. Okay. I, think, I think it would take a while. I, I would not recommend, um, depending on the subcommittee, to be able to meet. Um, I, I would personally recommend looking at your September meeting and thinking about, as individual members who are in this meeting, what can each of you potentially take on and bring back to the committee? And um, I, I don't know if, I mean, maybe as staff, I. If you all have um, sections of the report, you know, I could at least put it together in a single document that gets published with the agenda, and that could be your draft report. Um, but you could also delegate to um, a single committee member, I believe, to, to do that as well. Could I ask to follow up on that? Because um, it sounds now generally that we're going to do this report. We're trying to figure out now the mechanism to do so. I'm not sure if a live discussion divvying up the various page segments of this is 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 going. It won't be quick. Um, and we have one other agenda item tonight. Would it be appropriate? And, and this time, you know, seeking your input insight on this for us to set aside a couple of us to work on this and draft this up, bring it back to everybody, and as appropriate, you know, send it to you, circle the draft for everyone. We can move into September for approval. I'm going to defer to the city attorney's office on that question. So my concern is that it might create a serial meeting. Um, do you have any comments, Mr. Witter? Sorry, sorry to drag in the big guns on this one. Yeah, I've been uh, listening as best I can. The, um, yeah, the problem that we have with that is you do have sex, the changes and the amendments to Section 2.4 of the city code, which limited and eliminated the ad hoc committees. Um, so tasking a small group to do work for the larger group is prohibited by the city code. Um, I will, one thing, one of the things I noticed today when I was reading, when I was reading through the, the language that Jacob just read to you, which is, shall produce an annual report, which is one annual report, which you guys have probably already done for 21-22. So I don't know that you really have to do that. In my opinion, you don't. What I would, what I would recommend is in the future, when you look at this document, to meet your mandate, when you prepare the recommendations for the upcoming budget cycle, 
you also then do your look back at the same time for the immediately preceding year. Don't, don't look at it like it's two different documents. It will require you to get started a lot sooner, but you're getting your, both of your mandates done in one document, which is all that's required by the code. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I, there were, that, there's no mechanism for that. Um, what we've done in the past, and um, Angel isn't familiar with this, is we have tasks, and in fact, uh, Vice Chair Cooney has done this, you guys can instruct a member to, and you could do it in theory right now or maybe next time if you want to wait until uh, the next meeting, is task them with making up a document that reflects the recommendations that are made in the meeting today or next month, which you have done before. I, we did that for, I want to say the participatory budgeting letter on the, on the look, when we had the third party come in and critique the process. I think you drafted that, and you did that based upon the recommendations we're meeting council in this meeting. So that would be something that would work. Uh, that second part was what I was worried the answer would be, but I, I appreciate that. That's that's uh, helpful legal counsel. Uh, on the first provision, though, uh, Ash, would you say we've done a report on this already? You've made recommendations to the city council as they were considering the budget. Um, so I guess technically you could copy and paste those. I, I wouldn't consider that work done, I guess, because mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not labeled as an annual report, but the committee has certainly provided recommendations which are in the staff report. And I will say just acknowledging the recommendations um, cover different parts of the budget process. So there's like the proposed budget or there's prior, there, I think there's committee priorities. There's then um, a response to the proposed budget. And then there are, there's like a reaction to the approved budget. And so that's why there's several different attachments when you get to that portion of the staff report. Mm -hmm. But if you were to just sort of synthesize that, um, you could, make that your annual report, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, and, and I'll, I'll wrap up my comments or as I've been on the mic for a while. Uh, I suppose then, because you know, I wouldn't want to be cute in skirting our mandate as commissioners on Measure U, uh, if pulling from the previous report, put it into this format, would help us complete this task and us feeling very secure then that this is completed and we can move forward to the next year. Um, I'm happy to, to volunteer if we can't do several of us just as to be one to do a draft and very open hearing folks input for what should be in there. If not, I'm happy to take a first crack at it and put it back to the committee for edits, feedback at the next hearing if, if we'd want. Because it sounds like we need to do this and we can't divvy it up too much. So someone has to just to write it. So. I won't make the motion, but happy to volunteer if that's the direction we want to take, if we do want to complete out this report to the extent Osh just described. Thank you, and turning it over to Commissioner Wolf. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to make a motion supporting his suggestion that you know we just kind of let him synthesize the information without putting too much effort into it and prepare the first draft of this document. Um, yeah, I'm happy to put that motion up, thank you. And I'll second the motion as well. Perfect, uh, we have a first and a second. If you could please call the roll. Thank you, Vice Chair. Uh, members, please unmute. 
Member Ruleb? Yes. Member Sala? Yes. Member Macias? Yes. Member Wolf? Yes. Member Gorse? Yes. Member Cooney? Yes. Member Riviera? Yes. Member Bird? Yes. Member Pascal? Yes, with gratitude to our committee member. Uh, yes, happy to do it this time. And Chair Dickinson is absent. Uh, motion passes. Thank you for stepping up. Come Thank you. Um, All righty, and this will bring us to our last item for discussion, item six. And this is the discussion and approval of the Measure U Community Advisory Committee annual work plan and calendar. Um, do we have any folks in the public who'd like to comment? Thank you, Vice Chair. I have no speaker slips and one speaker online with their hand raised. The first speaker will be Colin User One. Um, go ahead. Yes, this is Lambert again. And as a person who is stunned at what I'm hearing here tonight, uh, Measure U was well presented by the mayor. If you didn't go to the meetings, that's why people say, I don't understand Measure U. Well, you won't ever hear me say that because I went to so many meetings and I'm stunned and I mean what I say. I'm stunned that whoever's speaking to you continuously says, I don't know. To me, if a person doesn't know, they shouldn't be speaking. They should sit and be quiet and get someone up there that knows what they're talking about. That's why I mentioned Minty Cuppy. She was in the chamber during the pandemic, and so was the other lady over there who took pictures. And rarely do you hear Minty Cuppy say, I don't know. And the reason being is because she's very abreast at what she's presenting. These people get paid $45 to $216 an hour to prepare and put an agenda on the agenda. There should not be any confusion when you get paid that kind of money. And the committee members don't make that kind of money. So you have people making that kind of money, working with people, and eliminating ad hocs, which cripple you. Thank you. Um, thank you for your comments. Vice Chair, I have no other speakers with their hands raised. Thank you. And turning to commissioners, it looks like we have Commissioner Gorris. Thank you, Vice Chair. Um, so I want to kind of uplift Commissioner Salas' um, uh, theme that kept coming back and forth. We really do need to open up the work plan calendar, uh, this workshop, this workshop. Um, I think it is a priority. I think, um, you know, there's a lot of eyeballs on us with this being this is a new pro a new pilot. And I think, you know, we have to kind of acknowledge the community members that participated and, and came out and gave their ideas. So we, this is, should be a priority for us. Thank you. Thank you. And just for clarification, were you uh, speaking of the, the folks who told us that they'd like to be a part of these conversations or planning for the workshop with council that 
that idea that's been floating around. The idea of planning with, uh, with council. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and then Commissioner Pachal. Um, I wanted to, uh, I guess, just make the observation. One of the things I learned from the last process where we submitted our recommendations to the council was that once the proposed budget is out, like we're really behind the curve in terms of getting our priorities out there. And so um, I guess I would urge us to consider, can we start earlier in the process, even if we don't have the actual figures, I think we know what our priorities are. Um, and so is there an opportunity like earlier in the year to communicate at least um, thematically what we'd like to see um, in the budget so it can be internalized uh, by the council sooner than the day they effectively vote on the budget that's already gone seven steps down the line. Thank you so much for that. Um, one of the ideas uh, that I'll be bringing up in our uh, member suggestion period um, is taking apart the different components of the Measure U ballot measure and having us talk about one of those every month, whether that's homelessness, housing, community support. Um, I have the list here. Um, there's quite a few, but if we take one each month, by the time the budget rolls around, we'll already have extensive recommendations based on what we've already seen. So, you know, we just have to plug in the new numbers and we're ready to go. Um, but yeah, and I think that that would also create an opportunity where folks on this committee who specialize in different areas um, that are mentioned in the ballot measure can really shine and give us a lot of their expertise on the matter. So that would be one suggestion to, to make sure that happens so we don't have to cram it all at once towards the end. And then any other commissioners who'd like to speak on that item? Oh, Commissioner Wolf. Yeah, so just anything we put forward now, this is going to be agendized for later in the next calendar year, or is that the process we're discussing right now? Yeah, what are we discussing? I think one important distinction is um, the work plan for calendar year 2023 versus the work plan for calendar year 2024. Um, originally, I think because I think this item was on your May agenda, so it, it's shown up a couple times. So it was originally, the original thinking was around the 2023 work plan, but at this point, I'll sort of defer to you all as to whether you want to do 2023 and 2024 at the same time, or if you want to finish up 2023 now and then revisit 2024. But to me, that's sort of the, the first question you may want to answer is, are you looking at your 2023 work plan or your 2024 work plan? Yeah, so I mean, for 2023, we only have two meetings left. Um, you know, it sounds like we, at the most part, we might be able to get done this report that needs to be submitted. Um, so with that in mind, I was just thinking it just made sense to start already trying to push stuff onto 2024 and then maybe anything that we can cram into these last two meetings before the fiscal year ends or the calendar year ends. Um, I mean, so that's my two cents on it. If anyone else has any feedback or things they'd like to put on next year's agenda. Uh, Commissioner Macias. Oh, yeah. You're fine. <laughs> Commissioner Pachal.
or 20 the time period they want to see from us so we can get that process started good question <laughs> I mean it I think if you're looking at the overall budget this the sorry the budget cycle so thinking about potential mid-year budget the the following year's budget um, that would be 2024 um, 20 yeah 2023 at this point um, I think it would be helpful at, at the very least if if you looked at it as just sort of um, what you know just planning the next three meetings so September October November um, so that it, it maybe doesn't require like a lot of lengthy writing or discussion but you can just sort of flag those agenda items, but maybe with more of a focus on 2024, that would probably serve you well. Um, just thinking of a couple items for the end of the year, do we want to put on for one of the meetings a, a discussion or, I mean, something around, are we going to make a, a request to the mayor and city council about this mid-year or mid-budget review, I guess that comes up in February, so would we want to talk about that at our next meeting in September, whether we are going to make another push around, um, you know, a revision around participatory budgeting. Um, and then, Ash, I don't know if you think there's going to be enough sometime before the end of the year, but one more report back on the contracting and, and how that's going. Potentially, yeah. On that um, question, I think we were looking at that would probably need to be in the November meeting if we're um, really looking at the quarterly reports that are due in October, just to give enough time to prepare that update. So I would recommend that in November. Just a couple ideas. Commissioner Sala. I would like to, um, two things is, and you mentioned it already, the participatory budgeting, um, taking a look at that and our, in our um, making a recommendation to have a workshop to the city council, uplifting the whole thing on participatory budgeting. And then also, this has been over a year that we have been talking about, and maybe it's, this, the community survey was done two years ago, and there's a new one, I think, that's, that's um, now available, maybe. But one of the things we, we, we asked in the survey that was two years ago or three years ago uh, was if you were interested in having focus groups, and we had over 500 people that said, yes, we'd like to give you feedback on... on um, on spending the money and for the city and services and what they thought about the city. And so we entertained that and we thought that would be a good thing. We came up with kind of a plan to, to we can't do all 500 and, I, and they're probably moved and not available, but that we would do something to go back and seek that feedback and with all this transitions and everything happening, it's just kind of fallen to the wayside. And I don't know if we want to revisit that or we want to wait to see what the outcome of, of the new survey that was, that's, um, I think it was held again 
this year. I'm not sure. I never get them, so I don't know. <laughs> um, or or we want to put that on the agenda and 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 start work working on that. I'm not. So I'm just putting that out there because it's something that I know we discussed in length a year ago. Uh, just a quick response on that. Um, the timeline shifted for the community survey. I think they're trying to see if they can get a higher response rate by uh, putting it out at a different time of the year. And I know it hasn't gone out yet, um, but I also don't know when it's uh, when they're looking at um, adjusting the timing. So um, I can look into that and get back to you. But if you want to get ahead of that and start thinking about that. Yeah, are they... And and before in the past, they would come to us and see if we wanted to add any questions, and that didn't happen this time. So maybe that should be. And are they going to ask the same questions? And they and and we should review the questions that they have around Measure U and whether we want to change those questions or not before they send it out. So maybe that could be. We just forget the focus groups because we're going to get ready to do. Do a new survey, but maybe that should be um, for one of either in September or October. September or October. Recognizing Commissioner uh, Riviera. Thank you. So, Ash, this participatory budget workshop. Can we have it in October? So this is this would be at the discretion of the mayor and the city council, and I believe the chair has had some initial discussions about timing, and that's where the September date came from. And actually, I think that was spoken aloud publicly during the budget hearings. I, I'm just not quite attuned to what specific conversations have been had, but essentially between uh, committee members and the council members who have appointed you all, that decision can really be made by the city council in terms of uh, when they want to schedule that workshop. So what do you need from me to do in order to get this done? Because it, it's needed. We need it. So do I have to call? Like, tell me what I can do. <laughs> all the other members here can do in order to get this budget going? I mean, this, uh, yeah, the workshop. I mean, as it relates to the workshop, the best thing I can do is just get out of the way. You know, we're, as staff, this is one of the trickier parts of the job is that this committee advises the city council. And so we're really just here to support you in terms of providing you with as much information as we can about um, the what, what you need to be informed to make those recommendations and then to transmit those recommendations to council. That is um, absolutely not to get in the way of you directly contacting and having a relationship with the council members who appointed you. Um, and certainly as council members, they can largely drive the, the agendas that they um, meet on and, and discuss. And so um, we would... Yeah, I, I would just get out of the way, and if, if <laughs> it's really you know the, up to the mayor and council, that's a long way of saying it. <laughs> so I should be able to talk to my person that appointed me, and say we really need this. We need it by next month. Yes, absolutely. Um, 
You guys got the hint now? <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. And uh, similar to the last item, I think if if you all are comfortable, I'd be I'd be comfortable offering my name to draft the work plan with the items that we discussed, the potentially the annual report, the focus groups, the workshop with council, and any other items that you all wanted to add in there. Um, I know I spoke about having us dig into each of the different issue areas of Measure U. I'd like to add that to the work plan, 23, 24, if folks are comfortable. Um, yeah, so I guess I would motion for myself to take the lead on that. Yes, Commissioner Wolf. Yeah, I'll, I'll second it. Yeah, can we, as long as we can make edits over the next two, maybe three meetings, then we'll get the remainder of the Yeah, exactly. I would just do a draft, and you all would be the confirmers of that. Yeah, there's no specific timeline on, on the work plan. Okay. I'm gonna put the whole thing tonight. Cool. Um, do I, can I motion on this? Okay, can I, do I have a second? Uh, motion for myself to take the lead on drafting the work plan. Second, Commissioner Wolf. Clerk, if you'd please call the roll. Thank you, Vice Chair. Members, please unmute. Um, Member Rueb? Yes. Uh, Member Sala? Yes. Member Macias? Yes. Member Wolf? Yes. Member Gors? Yes. Member Cooney? Yes. Member Riviera? Yes. Member Berg? Yes. Member Passau? Yes. Member Diaz? Yes. And Chair Dickinson is absent. Motion passes. Great, thank you. And the next item is member comments and ideas. Um, are there any commissioners who wish to speak? Commissioner Riviera? I'm sorry, no. Okay. Commissioner Gores? So, Vice Chair, for the last um, item that we just voted on, will you come back next month with a draft and we'll look it over? Exactly. Thanks for the clarification. And then uh, Commissioner Macias. Okay, sorry for being dense here, but can we explain just one more time? When can the subcommittees form and meet? So we've, we've formed, we've been approved. We just need to submit a work plan and tell them what we're gonna be doing. Um, and then we'll work with Mindy to schedule those dates. But the work plan is like the precursor or else she's not gonna help us schedule the, the meeting, so. Yeah. But you're not drafting the subcommittee work plans, you're just drafting the work plan for the overall measure you committee, or you're doing the subcommittee ones too? I think it's all the same. Isn't it just one long work plan and then of that, she would take a look and see what the need is for additional meetings? Yes. Okay. So just one long 23-24 plan. Um, okay, so, what, so at our next meeting, we'll have that plan and then potentially she'll schedule subcommittee meetings. Yeah, oh, folks would have, would have the opportunity to weigh in and give their thoughts and suggestions and then we, I can add those more additional comments in and then we could submit that at that meeting or if we wanna take another meeting we can. Oh. Yeah, right? <laughs> but I'll try to include what we've talked about here and then any additions. Um, essentially, there's a, a template that was sent out. It's pretty straightforward, so. 
Uh, Jacob Redberg, City Clerk's Office. I do believe it would also need to be forwarded to the Personnel and Public Employees Committee as well. Um, the next meeting for them is September 19th, and the following meeting is in October. Um, my apologies, I should have had this ready here. I believe it's October 19th. or initial draft says we're going, right? Because we could finish this in November, correct? Or, or October. What you would probably do, it, once you have a draft, it's, it's very easy. It's easier to sort of react to something that's in writing. So what the committee typically does is they provide comments on the draft and then they delegate authority to one member to incorporate those comments into the final version, and that final version doesn't come back to the committee. It can, if the committee prefers, you know, just to be, be sure that it has everything that, um, all the changes that you all had asked for, but that's typically the process, uh, much like the example with the cover letter that went along with the participatory budgeting program evaluation very good um, and I'd like to jump in and quickly request that we add another agenda item to next month to kind of flush out the idea of having us take piece by piece of the measure you um, language and you know go category by category on spending um, and I think it might help for us to have a bigger discussion about that in terms of timing, which areas we want to talk about first. I know homelessness was obviously a huge thing for all of us in the ranking, so that might be an issue area we want to tackle this year before next year starts. Um, so we can definitely do that, but it has to be on the agenda for that discussion to take place. And then quickly moving to, Marbella, did you still want to speak? Okay. We have one minute left. Oh, okay. Never mind. Sorry, Commissioner. My <laughs> Commissioner Sala. Yes, that would be too because their agenda needs to be published five days in advance, and then we typically have a 19-day approval window. So, I think we would all be much more comfortable if we were looking at the October meeting of the Personal and Public Employees Committee. And that October meeting is October 17th, and um, that is the last scheduled meeting for this calendar year. Commissioner Mabea? Yes, no, absolutely. It was, um, it's, it has slowed down, as you all are experiencing, it has considerably slowed down our work and our ability to be effective. And so I, I hope that if there's any council members out there listening, that you introduce 
um, a new resolution abolishing or reinstating the ad hocs because it's really, you can see that we've spent so much time not being able to get the work that needs to be done because of the process that was established. Anyway, I do want to make uh, one comment and I'm, I'm not, it's not like I really need the money, but I just feel it's not fair that we use Measure U money to give stipends to all of the commissioners and we're either, a, I believe, even though we're called a committee, I, I, I believe I'm a commissioner. I believe that all of us put in a lot of work into, into this um, commission, yet we don't get a stipend. So I'm not sure if that can be a future item or how do we get that, but that needs to be addressed. It's, it's inequitable that everyone else is getting a stipend. It doesn't matter if it's $10, it's the principal. And so I think I, br I brought it up before, but, but I just saw it again. <laughs> we gave, we, we're, we're to the arts commissioners and this and this and that, and we're given stipends, and then I just thought it's not equitable. So I just, that's my comment, and I don't know how we get that on the agenda or, or what we need to get it addressed, but we need to point it out to someone. So. Yeah, you, you can request to have it added to the agenda and then we could vote on a motion. And if that is, you know, sending a document to PP&E saying, you know, here's all of the salaries for all the commissioners, we, we'd also think that we should also be included in that for the following reasons. Um, that seems like oh. the proper channel. Is that correct, Ash? That's one option. The other option would be to include it as part of your budget recommendations. Um, so, and I raise that because I guess it, the difference would be, is it a separate agenda item or is that a topic that you bring that up would be in the budget. when you talk oh, about your budget yeah. recommendations? Okay. So um, it's, so I guess that that's more of a question for you all because I would want to know whether you're requesting this as a separate agenda item so I can make sure we put it on the next agenda or do you want it included no, as part I, of your budget yeah, recommendations? Yeah, I would be good to be part of the budget. Oh. Oh. Well, I, I think if, if, if we want to include it in the, the budget talks, just the way everything is working and procedurally, like mm -hmm. timelines and stuff, I mean, why not just agendize it at one of the next meetings, you know, because it's like at least we'll do something about it within this calendar year. Yeah. And then it, maybe it'll get onto the budget, you yeah. know, next year. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> like, let's just do it sooner than later. Yeah. <clears throat> will do. Commissioner Pasha. like this issue around the ad hocs or the lack of ad hocs and it's impeding our ability to do the job that we're charged with do is that's an issue of the PP&E committee is that where it originated or yes it origin the idea originated from the PNPE committee of the previous city council so there were different members of the PNPE committee then but ultimately the city council approved it um, and i want to say it's the same city council no it may have been the previous city council cuz i think it was november cuz i mean it year. seems like it's some like you know maybe a number of us need to go to the PPE committee and make a comment about it in public. Um, I think the folks that were on this 
a member of this body before the change and after the change really speak effectively to the fact that it's inhibited the work that you all were doing, particularly like around participatory budgeting. And like, I can't imagine that working without the ad hoc committee. Um, but I just wanted to know the process. Commissioner Macias? Yeah, it just, it seems like a real design to, to, to make committees ineffective and to not have them do their job. I just wanted to make one comment. I apologize for missing the last meeting, but I hope the city uh, clerk's office will consider in the future not scheduling meetings on Juneteenth, a holiday that that is recognized by a lot of entities, and I think it's insensitive to schedule meetings on Juneteenth. And so, anyway, that's why I wasn't here at the last meeting, but um, I just, you know, especially for a volunteer committee, um, and, you know, it is a holiday that many people do recognize. So, anyways, I hope the city recognizes it someday, and also that the city clerk's office will consider not scheduling meetings on Juneteenth. Okay, the last item we have here today, if there's no more comments, are uh, public comments, matters not on the agenda. Clerk, are there any members of the public who wish to speak? Thank you, Vice Chair. I have no speaker slips, and I have one online user with their hand raised. Colin, user number one, go ahead. Yes, this is Lambert Davis, and I'm going to really close this thing off in a harsh manner. And I've never called in here and used profanity, and I'm not going to use it tonight. As I listened to everything here and all the meetings I went to for Measure U, they're not using Measure U money for what it was proposed to be. They're talking about homeless. That wasn't part of Measure U money. That wasn't. The other thing is when you hear, when I hear someone say they're going to put something on the agenda and then I hear commissioners saying we're not hardly getting paid any money, I read somewhere that the city staff gets paid between $45 an hour and $216 an hour to put something on the agenda. And there's another violation of the Brown Act tonight. It says on the agenda that the city manager's report was supposed to be to measure you committee. That's a violation of the Brown Act. I've told people many times I study City Hall because I grew up here. I study you like I'm trying to get a degree. And I'm getting ready to get my degree because it's so blatant disregard for what it is. The violations continue to come. And the people who are making that kind of money, they're working remotely. And so they don't care either way. They're going to be paid. They don't have to come to the building. And I think people should be terminated if they violate working remotely. Give Minty Cuppy a raise and let her stay home for three years because she was there during the pandemic. Thank you.
Thank you for your comments. Um, Vice Chair, I have no other people wishing to speak. Okay, thanks so much for all the commissioners being here today. Uh, we're gonna wish our chairman, uh, Commissioner Dickinson, uh, lots of well wishes. She had an injury and couldn't be here today. Um, but we're wishing her a speedy recovery, um, and I thought our meeting went pretty great, so I hope she's proud listening in. Thank you so much. Um, and with that, our meeting is adjourned. Thank you. Yeah, great job. Oh, we did it, we did it, we did it. We did it. Yeah. <laughs>